Welcome to a midweek edition of Boilers Extra. I'm Nathan Baird from the Journal and Courier from Tallahassee, Florida. Sunny Tallahassee. It's uh, a little colder here than I had anticipated it being, but I think it's warming up just as I'm getting out of town. And I'm speaking to our Purdue football beat writer, Mike Carmen, back in West Lafayette. Mike, how's it going? It's sunny here. Oh. But what's the temperature there? Uh, I have no idea. It's not as warm as it is down there, and uh, it's probably it's probably below freezing. Wow. So it's pushing 60 here, and it's supposed to be 78 on Sunday. Um, but enough, enough about that. People don't want to hear our weather report. They want to hear about sunny days in, in West Lafayette for um, at least the foreseeable future, we assume, uh, with Jeff Brown's decision to take a pass on Louisville's overtures and stay at Purdue. Um I'm curious. There's a lot of things I'm curious about, just about how yesterday went down. But mostly, I think we should probably just get right to the heart of the matter, and and just why this was such a significant day for Purdue, either in what it, it what it means to retain Jeff Brom, but then also maybe what it means to sort of um, defend their turf a little bit here and 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 reaffirm the, the commitment to the program. Yeah, all that is all that is correct. It was um um I, I can't remember the last time Purdue won a day like this. <laughs> I mean I guess you know, won a game. You know, they came out on, on top and I guess you could equate the high state game to, to something like that. But um I mean Purdue won the day by keeping Jeff Brom, by keeping um all the things that we've talked about over the last few weeks intact, recruiting class, roster, um all that kind of, all that kind of stuff. So, uh, you know, it was, and I, you know, I think the university, uh, uh, power brokers, specifically, specifically Mitch Daniels, Michael Berghoff, the, the chair of the board and, uh, athletic director Michael Dinsky all knew how important this was to keep Jeff Brom, uh, and keep this momentum going, uh, for the football program, which has a, a wider impact on, the university in general, and obviously the rest of the the sports teams uh, at Purdue. So uh, whatever the final numbers are going to be of what Jeff Brom is going to make from a salary standpoint and what, a, what other additional resources are going to come into play uh, with this, it's, uh, it's going to be significant, but I think the investment is going to be worth it to, for Purdue. So when you wrap all that up together, um, and, you know, the fact that I, I think it also – kind of helps change the narrative of Purdue from a national perspective. They were able to keep Jeff Brown from going to his his hometown school and uh, trying to rebuild that program. Uh, in, in most other years, Purdue probably loses that battle. Uh, but they've got a lot of backing now, a lot of support. And, you know, I think yesterday just kind of reaffirmed, reaffirmed where Purdue wants to be in the college football, college athletic landscape, and kind of where it is right now. I think it's it has moved up over the last couple of years, but I think yesterday may have pushed it even a little bit farther forward. Well, part of winning the day is just sort of winning a news cycle, winning attention. And I thought that was a big part of yesterday. Obviously, it only kind of pays off fully if, if Brom stays, if, if he leaves to go to Louisville, um, maybe it ends up being a negative in terms of attention. I don't know, because now now you're not seen as 
a, a destination you're seeing as, as the, 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 the port you're leaving from or whatever. But there would seem to be another step in what had already kind of started under Brahm as far as just, I guess what you're talking about, the sort of elevating the, the status of the program and then making people, um, aware of the program. You know, Mike Lubensky talked about this when he came in about how there's a name recognition problem sometimes with athletes nationally with Purdue. Um, sometimes they've never heard of Purdue until they finally get a, a piece of mail from them if they're from outside the Midwest. Sometimes even when they hear from Purdue, they have no idea. Even if they've heard of Purdue, they don't know where it is. They don't know it's in Indiana. They, they, they There's some – those those have some, some real uh, issues with that. And this this helps nationally kind of put Purdue in, in a different kind of conversation. Yeah, it does. And that, you know, Jeff Brom has acknowledged that he likes that. And I, obviously Purdue likes that too. You know, when he first said that last year, you know, I, I, you know, I scratched my head a little bit. But, you know, as the Tennessee thing played out last year and now again with Louisville, um, Jeff Brom's name, name was out there you know, basically for the last three weeks on top of what the actual team did against Ohio State and Iowa. Uh, so when you combine that all together, it's it's publicity that uh, and recognition that Purdue just can't buy because if a 2020 or 2021 or 2022 recruit starts Googling Purdue and Jeff Fromm, all this mm-hmm. stuff comes up. And so from, from that standpoint, you know, it, it's it's a win for Purdue in, in that regard, uh, that that they get his name out there, that his name is out there and he keeps he keeps getting associated with with these kind of jobs. You know, his name's on the bottom line on ESPN. When the last time a Purdue coach's name was on the bottom line at ESPN for for staying at Purdue. You know, probably Matt Painter. <laughs> That's before he went to Missouri. Uh so you, you combine all that together, um, it, it does. You're right. It does elevate Purdue to a different level, and now the goal is to stay there. Now you have to keep. You got to keep pushing it forward, and that to me is more of a result what happens on the field uh, than really what happens now off the field when it comes to to these kind of things. You mentioned Matt Painter. That was the name that came to me when you talked about when's the last time Purdue won the day like this. You know, they had a to the point where, you know, people had reports that he was definitely going to Missouri and, you know, reputable people reporting that. And then he stays at Purdue and they have a big press conference and, it, you know, it's a big deal. Um, but the big, the significant difference between those two days to me, though, is that Matt Painter didn't really want to leave for Missouri. It was, I think he kind of felt like he was being pushed in that direction and, and, and needed to kind of use that for some leverage to, to build Purdue to what he wanted it to be for men's basketball. I, I'm curious how you read the way that this played out for Jeff Braun because we've been hearing all along really strong indications that he had been, you know, he'd been telling people not to worry that this was just a process, but he was staying at Purdue. And then, you know, he talked about how emotionally wrought this decision was. Did you get the impression that something changed for him in there that made this more difficult? Um, as, as this process unfolded just within the last 24, 48 hours even? Um, I, I just think it's the pull of going home. I, you know, I think this, if this was another school like Tennessee, 
you know, the Tennessee thing only lasted 24 hours, 36 mm-hmm. hours maybe. Um, you know, just the whole idea of, of going home. And, you know, I know he has said that Louisville, quote, is, wasn't his dream job, but, you know, do you really believe that that's true? Anybody that is from a place, they have, and you're a coach like that, there is a, you know, there is a pull to go back home. His mom and dad still live there. And, uh, and his other family members still live there. He still has a house there. And he's just, you know, his name is up in the stadium, uh, somewhere. Won't that be awkward for the, for the next Louisville coach? <laughs> We've already talked about that. I don't want to be the guy who has to come into Louisville now. Right. But I, I Especially if Purdue whole, wins. Yeah. I think the whole package of going home and being the savior and, you know, I, I think he gave it careful thought. Uh, you know, I, I truly, you know, based on how, what we've seen from Jeff Brom in, in two years, I truly believe he really didn't completely 100% focus on this until after the Indiana game. Does it mean the thought of going to Louisville did cross his mind because he was being asked questions about it by, by us, and then the whole, you know, Dan Dockage tweet of he's going to be introduced as a coach brings it back into back into play. But I, I, I want to believe that he didn't like that was not his main focus during those those two to three weeks. But only that became that after um, after the the regular season final. And then once he gets an offer from Louisville, or he sits down with Louisville, and they, he has every intention probably of staying at Purdue at that point. But they they throw all these figures in front of him and a contract that is probably very attractive uh, with a lot of uh, longevity to it. Uh, then you just start thinking, okay, which 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 is the best move for Jeff Brom at this time? And the way that Jeff Brom operates, the way the family operates, it's more of a it's more of a stomach, where I believe he takes opinions from uh, other family members, and you know, Oscar, his dad, Greg, his brother, Brian, his brother, uh, and there's other people involved. Where I think he he really. Um, Kind of soaks all that in, and then and then feels like he can he can make a decision. It, it's kind of counter to what we see on game day, where the guy's making lightning fast decisions about plays and situations. Uh, but when he gets off the field, I think it's a little bit more deliberate as it should be. And you know, I, and I think this was a special case because of Louisville and the draw of going home, because there were reports out there that he was that he was struggling and. Um, with the decision, he was torn. Now, some of that could be planted to up the ante from Purdue from a negotiation standpoint to get the things that he wants for his program. Uh, so, you know, it kind of depends on your perspective how you want to how you want to look at it and and read it. You also mentioned in the money, and we had thought all along, and I still pretty much think this is the case. This wasn't necessarily going to be a "Quote unquote about money that this is a a a nostalgia or or familial pull to Louisville. It wasn't going to be that they were just going to offer him some kind of avalanche of money. But I think we also knew all along that Purdue was going to have to counter in some way, come through in, to to some end. Now, was that as much about potentially nipping this in the bud?" going forward and not having to put up with this every year and maybe potentially putting him in a salary space that scares off a lot of the the would-be suitors, at least in the in the near future? 
Um, and also, you, you talk about, you know, other commitments that he might have been looking for for the program. He, well, he just, what, what sort of things might that entail beyond just what money that Purdue would need to lay in front of him in, in whatever extension eventually is comes out, which, 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 from what I'm hearing, probably would not happen in the, the very immediate future. It, it may be a little while before those details come out. Well, first of all, those details are not going to come out until uh, they go in front of the board of trustees. Right. And usually, you know, when you now last uh, last year, uh, they they were able to um, get uh, get that done in, in about four months. Uh, so if you use that time frame, then you're probably looking into the spring of 2019 before all this becomes official. And there's probably a lot of details they're still trying to iron out, uh, small details that take time. But when you, you know, when we talk about other resources for the program, you know, it's assistant salary pools. It's, you know, maybe, maybe some more support personnel. Maybe there's some facility uh, improvements that are, that are on the table to be made at Ross Aid and other places that get sped up. Um, and and I, I have a hard time thinking that Jeff Brom would hold Purdue hostage over, you know, building a south end zone project, but maybe that's important to him. That, well, especially because they're doing it anyway. They are doing it anyway, but, it may, you know, it's similar to when the uh, – it's similar to when they announced the – the project uh, for the uh, football uh, performance complex that that was supposed to be waiting until December, but because of what was happening in Purdue season at that point, <laughs> um, Mitch Daniels decided that they needed to get it out in October to kind of yeah. divert the divert the attention of what was going on on the field. So but all these things, you know, this could get sped up and it could be, you know, maybe happening quicker than, than maybe the original time frame. So, when you when you talk about allocations elsewhere and or maybe you know there's just there's just so many things that go with uh, a football program that maybe Jeff just feels there's a few areas that are short. Uh, but I, I firmly believe Purdue has given uh, him virtually everything that it it wants and everything that he wants and and even to the point where you know when he was first hired I don't. Uh, uh, I, I think uh, Purdue was prepared to do more, but you know Jeff was like, "Oh, I don't, I don't think I need all those people." Type of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but kind of your point to where the salary is going to go and to nip it in the bud in the future, uh, I think that's going to. I think that was kind of that has been kind of Purdue's plan uh, all along. Getting get him to a salary where you're eliminating 95 percent of the schools that could even come after him. And now you're dealing with an upper echelon of programs. Let's say, for example, it's, it is $6 million. How many, how many coaches in the country make $6 million? It's not a lot. Yeah. And they're at places like Alabama and Clemson and uh, all these other schools that probably are not going to have openings in the near future. So any, any school that wants Jeff Brom, if the salary is, for example, $6 million, then that's the starting point for the next negotiation with another school. And you just, you scare off so many other schools that it's, you, you, you kind of lose this. You, you lose this two year thing that everybody has stressed about 
since since he came here. Uh, so, um, you know, I think that's a, a smart move by Purdue, uh, but it also it also helps Purdue that if he does leave at some point, whether it be the NFL or another college job, you you've kind of set the market of what you're going to pay. So there's a lot of factors I think that that are going into this to kind of again show a a, a strong solid commitment from the university to to the football program. How bizarre of a world it is to think of Purdue sort of setting a national standard. Uh, I don't know uh, if I'd go that far. <laughs> well, but I mean, it's, they're in the setting it. They're, I think they're joining it. That, okay, perhaps. But I mean, or even just within the Big Ten, they're the ones who are, you know, it's something we've talked about on this podcast and around the office and in the hallways and whatever for years about how just, you know, Purdue has always done the best it can with what it has, but it, it's always kind of catching up right as the next leap happens. And now you've got the performance complex. Now you've got a coach that you're going to be, you know, paying at a certain level because of the attention that he's drawing and the and how many other programs covet him. And that that sort of starts to – it changes what people are going to expect out of Purdue football going no, forward, that, too. No, that's, that's true because now that – you know, whatever the, the final salary amount is, uh, then yeah, it, it, it's going to change. I mean, six and six has been nice the last two years, but as you invest more and you pay more, you expect more results. And that's, that's going to be the next step for the program that if you're two years down the lot, two years down the road in this and you're still six and six, uh, what is, what is your rate of return on that? And I, I think by investing, uh, what they're going to invest in Jeff this time around is going to be a greater rate of return. Um, and also that trickles down to selling out your stadium virtually every home game because you have a smaller stadium. You're going to need that revenue. So their, their rate of return, again, until we see the final numbers, we don't know, but the rate of return, you know, you, you, you put yourself in a place where, um, not everything has to go perfect, but pretty close. You know, this year it's it's hard to be completely disappointed with a, a six and six bowl trip after the zero and three start. You obviously you look at it and say, well, if they beat Eastern Michigan, blah blah blah, beaten Minnesota. But I, I don't I don't see it as a great disappointment. I think if a year from now Purdue is still at this date, whatever it is, November 29th, if they're still waiting to find out between New York, San Francisco, and Detroit. Um, something like that, it's going to be seen as a significant disappointment. And it starts to change the what people expect from Jeff Baum, what people expect from the program. But I think this also, in a little way, it changes what I expect from Purdue fans. You know, all those people who were breathlessly refreshing Twitter yesterday and, and agonizing over this, I, I hope they're buying season tickets. I mean, this is Purdue fans need to show up and make it worthwhile, as they started to do. But I think, you know, it needs to go up to that next level. It just needs to become a, a uh, you know, if, if, if your coach is coveted this much and the, and the team is, and the program is paying to keep him, then your seats need to be coveted as well. It needs to start to become a really difficult thing to get a ticket to a Purdue football game again. And, and I know it's only been six wins, 
But in probably to get it to that next level and keep it, that's what we're also going to have to see going forward. Well, it's ironic you say that. They posted something on their website today that they're taking uh, deposits for season tickets. Oh, <laughs> well, what a coincidence. I mean, it's all about timing. Life is all wow. about timing, and that's why Jeff Brown's here is because of timing, in my opinion. Because the timing Always be closing. Was, was it, yeah, it wasn't going to be right for him uh, to go for Louisville. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, I think Purdue fans have to show. I mean, they've had two sellouts this year, but I, I would credit that to more who they were playing. Ohio State and I would both help, help those sellouts. When, when Wisconsin came to town, Wisconsin was having a subpar year, and the announced attendance was, what, around 45,000. Usually if Wisconsin is Wisconsin, then you're getting into the 50s, maybe 55,000 because those, those fans are traveling. So to some degree, Purdue is still dependent on who they're playing uh, and when they're playing them for a home game uh, to, to have the visiting team help, you know, generate that revenue. Now Purdue's program has to get to a point where its fan base is helping sell out. Uh, its fan base is the reason that you're selling out your games, not that you're playing Ohio State or Wisconsin. And the thing is, you, you're not, Ohio State's not back on the home schedule for a long time. Michigan, I don't know when they're coming here. They spend, and, and that's at least through 2025. Uh, so you, some of your big name schools you're not going to see here for a long time. Therefore, your fan base has to step up and help help this financial commitment that the university is making to the football program work even better. Well, that's going to have to wrap it up today because if I don't check out in the next 15 minutes, I'm going to have to make a longer financial commitment to this Doubletree Hotel. So thanks to everyone. That. <laughs> thanks to everyone for joining us on Boilers Extra. Keep following uh, Mike at, at Carmen underscore JC and keep coming to jconline.com for everything in the wake of this. And we'll talk more basketball next week, obviously. Basketball had its own emotional ups and downs last night and almost pulled it off, but didn't. You can read about that on jconline.com. And we'll revisit that next week on our uh, flagship edition of Boilers Extra. But thanks to everyone for joining us on the, the quick mobile edition, and we'll talk to you then.